Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello, and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another edition. Now, today, We've got a great guest for you. I am so excited to be able to bring you somebody that I have to say I'm a little embarrassed about not really knowing much about this lady's work before uh, recent months. Um, she is a globally recognized training expert. She's, I know she's a prolific author um, and speaker, and, and she really is an expert in, in all the things that we we, we look at in such detail on leader manager coach. Um, I'm really pleased to bring you uh, a lady from Australia. We're speaking to her right now, Catherine Matiska. Catherine, welcome to leader manager coach. And thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome, Robert. It's great to be with you. Well, let's get straight into it. You've taken the time to get with us after um, I've, I've sent you a couple of links that um, weren't quite right in terms of the time but um that's me getting my times at time zones wrong but thank you for being here um first of all just for the listeners what would be really great if, is if you could just give us a little bit about your background and your story and tell us how you came to um you know the place you're at now with with uh, you know being such a prolific expert and, and a speaker in, in your field of leadership and, and teaching and learning so rob i started um my journey as a teacher when I was probably about four years old and I used to set up my teddy bears and toys in little classrooms and my dad made me blackboards and I used to wear out my blackboards and dad was always repainting them and then I remember getting as a kid um, this for Christmas my major present which was a box of teacher's chalk you know those big boxes and they had various colors in it I thought I was the bee's knees so I think I've been teaching forever and then I wanted to be a teacher and my mum said, don't be a teacher, there's no money in it. I went, okay. So <laughs> I didn't. So she said, you need to go and work in an office. That's where a good career is. So I went, okay, right, fine. Anyway, within a few years I found myself training other people and then I just developed into this corporate trainer. Wow. And so I ended up doing exactly what I've been doing my whole life, you know, setting up teddy bears with teacher's chalk, except now it's on Zoom calls with corporate people from all over the world. So not much has really changed in all those years. But I, I had a real job um, when I first started working and it was the beginning of the computer industry and that's where I really earned my stripes. And what happened was I used to go into every training course and I was training five days a week, you know, Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint, when all that was coming out. And I started to play this game with myself because people didn't want to be there. You know, that sometimes they were middle-aged people. They were thrust in this whole computer industry. They didn't want to be there. They didn't right. want to learn it. They wanted to have their secretaries and typewriters, and that was all yeah. going away. Yeah. So there was a great deal of change. And so they didn't want to be there. And so it was a game for me to say, how engaged can I get you 
And also, how much can you learn in this day? And so that's how it really evolved. And it became then this life passion of how much can people learn in the shortest amount of time? And I developed this little mantra for myself, which was I wanted to answer the question of how do you get 100% of the people to 100% of the learning objectives, so everything you want to teach them 100% of the time. And that was impossible. And I've now made that possible. And it's taken me 30 years to do it and a whole lot of learning science and whatever. But that's been my really my one single question that I've been trying to answer all of my life. And so at sort of the middle of last year, someone said to me, why are you only working in corporate? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I've always just been there. You know, that's my world. Big corporates, the, you know, Fortune 100 companies of the world, that's where I operate. And they said, well, why don't you take this system to everyone? And I went, oh, that's an interesting idea. So that's what I've been working on and now I'm at that goal because what I teach learning and development departments around the world of how to mobilise big workforces and get them learning to get to goals of the organisation is actually appropriate for everyone. I just didn't know how to do that because it's all very complicated. So where I'm at right now is I've repackaged all of that 30 years of knowledge and said, how do I make that accessible for everyone? Regardless of who you are, how can you learn at speed? How can you communicate much better? How can you smash those barriers that get in the way between human beings? How can you do all of that? So that's where I'm at now. Wow. Wow. So you've, uh, I'm, I'm quite passionate about um uh, Cal Newport's philosophy on deep work um, and, and people doing the grind and the mastery. One of the best books I ever read, Catherine, um, was George Leonard's Mastery. I don't know whether you've ever, ever, ever mm-hmm. yep. been that. And it's that falling in love with the practice and what comes across from you very much in in this is, you know, the 30 years thing and, and the five days a week and, you know, you have got such a depth of, of of knowledge and experience on your subject that um it, it, it it's that that, that 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 i think is so fantastic because you know you listen none of us know everything i get that none of us ever get to the end um but um you know you certainly have have immersed yourself in 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 the learning process with cultures and and, and you know in those companies that you've worked with, you know, you can't mess around in those environments, can you? Because profit is everything and um, people don't sit around drinking coffee when things are going south. So, um, you know, fantastic. So, um, okay, so bringing it from from corporate, and I do think there's so much interplay between between you know whether it's corporate business or sport. There's so much that, that we can learn from each other. Um, so bringing it into a sports arena, um, 
again, in, in, in especially in, in pro sport, the, the, the pressure is exactly the same as I imagine is, is, is in, in corporate. You know, I don't know if you know this, but in, in if you're a manager of a, profession, a professional club in, in England, the average tenure is a is probably about 18 months. You know, that, that's the average time a guy will last or a lady will last. Um, uh, so the, if you go above and beyond that, you're an exception. So what have you, no, have you noticed? Okay, let, let me start with this. What similarities are there between between the industries, if you like, if we look at a sports industry and then look at a corporate industry, what similarities exist if that's not a silly question? It's not a silly question at all because I think people think it's really different and it's not. If you look at any organisation, at the end of the day, it's a group of people trying to get to a goal. Whatever that goal is, whatever the mission vision is of of that group of people, that's what it is. And I think people get tied up in things like company logos or, you know, in that club mentality, which actually is pretty irrelevant when you just boil it down to it's a group of people on a track to somewhere. And I think where what I notice most often is that when it comes down to the basics of how people communicate, when you look at the incredibly successful leaders out there. They could be a sports coach. They could be someone who's in a training position. They could be somebody who's in a management position, leadership position, or even a team member. When you look at their communication style, those people that are really successful, I think, do two things. One, they know what their strengths are personally They know how they take in information. And then the second thing is they know how to get other people to get to action. Mm. And when from coming from my learning lens, which is my specialty, what I've done is look at the way people communicate and say, What are those people who are really successful doing as opposed to those who aren't? So let's say you're in a coaching position of a sports team. At the end of the day, the coach is there to give advice, the coach is there to give instruction, and the coach is there to give encouragement. But how they do that is really varied. So if a coach, for example, let's take a sports coach, Um, persona here, if a coach does not know how to communicate in a way with a team member that resonates with that individual team member, they will never be on a path to success. And that team member will always struggle because they're never getting it. So the team member might say, I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I don't get it, I'm not right, I'm not a good fit, I'm a letdown, I'm all these things, right, which may be true or it may be because the team member is almost speaking a different language to the coach. And so it's not up to the team member to do all the hard work. In my mind, it's up to the coach to do the hard work. So If you imagine, Rob, the analogy of you speak French and I speak Italian 
and we can talk all day and I might pick up in your French, I might pick up that you say the word baguette and I go, oh, I know that word. Oh, right, right, he's talking about bread. Got it, got it. And I'm and I'm translating that into my Italian, but the odd word picks up. That's exactly the same kind of language translation that needs to happen between the coach and the team member. So the team member might be speaking Italian. Their learning style might be Italian. Coach's learning style is French. And until such time as that coach says, oh, my team member is not understanding me and then can say the trick is, A, we're different, we communicate differently, that's aha number one. Aha number two is to recognise that the team member is speaking Italian versus the teammate speaking Egyptian, you know, Polish, whatever it is, and then from there saying, ah, you speak Italian, I'll speak to you in Italian. Your teammate speaks Portuguese. Okay, coach can now speak in Portuguese. Another team member can speak in, you know, whatever, and they can quickly translate to that whatever language that is. And that's what I refer to as a learning preference and being able to firstly know your own learning preference and then be able to spot other people and then translate so that you know... You're not coaching how you learn, you're coaching how they learn. Perfect. So do you, can we substitute those languages, the Italian, the Portuguese, the Egyptian, the Spanish, for the visual, the auditory and the kinetic, or is it not that simple in your mind? That That's part of it. And in in my latest work, which is called Unlocking a Genius, there's a profile. And the first step of that profile is exactly what you referred to, visual auditory and kinesthetic. And that's what I refer to as brain fuel because yeah. that is the way you see the world. So that's the way you interact with the world and that's the way you, you fuel your brain, which is basically come from the sensory intake, your five senses. So once you know that, that's the first step. But then that's only one of three steps. The second step is now I've got this new information into my brain through brain fuel, visual auditory kinesthetic. How do I then, what's my preference for processing that? Okay. And then from that, I've devised 12 different archetypes to put those two things together, to put the brain fuel together with how you process it. And I've devised these 12 archetypes sit with a symbol to say this is who I am and then from there there's this secret little weapon the third part and we may have you Rob and I may have the same archetype we may have the same brain fuel and the same processing power but we may have this special little thing called and I refer to it as a power up and these special little things to say we can be quite similar But when we need that boost, when we need to really sharpen up our communication or the way we are taking in information, use that power up. So, for example, one of the archetypes is the catalyst. So let's say 
that I'm a catalyst and let's say that you, Rob, are a mason, okay, just that's two of the 12 archetypes. Mm -hmm. We may have different archetypes, which means I need to be able to firstly go, hang on, Rob's different to me. And then I know that you're a Mason and I start speaking to you then in your Mason language. And then I, I'm really talking your language. And then it, what that does for you is to really open up the speed of your learning because I'm just right. speaking in your language. It's just like we are now, both speaking English. It just makes sense. And, and then you, Rob, say, wow, I get it. That's easy. Yep, got it. What's next? As opposed wow. to having to translate my catalyst language into something. How, okay, maybe this is without making it uh, too long. And, and this is, I suppose I'm asking you to be as simple as you can and probably asking you the impossible here, Catherine, but how did you get to 12 archetypes from, from this? Because so all the learning courses from that the I've been on with the English FA and doing my license, we about say, I'm guessing now 15 years ago, it's maybe 20 years ago, maybe 10. They came up with this and you might laugh at this. They came up with this, right? We've got this amazing thing where we now know that there's three pe people learn in three different ways. You either like to look at things, you either like to sit and listen, or you've got to get involved and touch it. Mm -hmm. So that for the for the coaches who were who were the educators and teaching people rebel revolutionized. They had a whiteboard now. They also um, allowed you to sit and listen to things, and then they also said, "If you don't still get it, let's go out and let's do it." So. Yeah. I suppose that's always it's always been there, but then they they began to have this conscious focus on on these three things. But what you're saying is there's so much more, many more nuances than that. It's not as simple as that. So how did you come up with twelve, or, or you know, if that's not uh, a silly question? So it's not a silly question. Um, I am an avid reader of learning and brain theory. It sounds impossibly boring, but I absolutely love it. And this nerd side of me, <laughs> I was able to map basically the different ways that the brain processes things. Once that, once that VAK, the visual auditory kinesthetic, once it's into the brain, I was able to map and categorise and then say, okay, that's true. Like the VAK is true and there's been a lot of, you know, stuff written about it to say it's not true. But at the end of the day, we've got five senses and that's how information gets into our brain. Like we know that from kids, right? So, so if you think of VAK as sort of like the first floor, then inner genius takes you to the second and third level of the building. And once you can operate on that VAK, as you were taught as coaches, not a problem. But then you say, right, this is working. And then you go, hang on, look at this new world. And then it opens up the next level. And as you say, it's the nuances. And I, I wanted to make it as simple as possible for people. And coming up with the 12 archetypes meant that people could create this persona around their learning and communication style and say, 
I'm a catalyst, I'm a futurist, I'm a mason, I'm a whatever, and then there's a symbol to go with that. So I just wanted to make it super simple. Do you think that, you know, when you actually meet somebody and there's this resonance, it's almost like you get on, they make you feel good, they feel good around you, It's it's like we've been friends for years kind of thing. Is that when two people are just speaking the same language to you? Is that what's happening there or is it more than that? Uh, I think that happens naturally, absolutely, and I think there is a great crossover between that uh, kind of naturally occurring a, a, a thing that happens, yeah. that interaction, but that can happen when you are skilled at noticing the language that other people use and keying in to how they're responding to you. Like I've been doing this for a very long time, but within the first few sentences of somebody that I meet, I know exactly what their profile is and I just talk to them in their language. So the way I'm talking to you now, Rob, may be very different to the way I talked to someone in a previous meeting or the meeting after this. Yeah. Because I just know what... I just know the language and it's not actually that hard. And I thought, what if I just give this away to the world? This, and not even my family knew about this. My husband, it was classic. When I started talking about this, he said, have you been doing this our whole marriage? And I went, yeah. And he said, do you speak differently to me? I went, yeah. And he said, what about each of the kids? I said, yeah, they're all different. And he said, do you speak differently to each one? I go, yeah. And he said, you're kidding. And he said, and then he went through our friends. I went, oh, they're this, 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 this. And he said, do you do that every time? I went, yeah, that's what I do. And he went, oh, my goodness. And he had no idea. And it's like, and then I, I thought, well, what if I just put that down, you know, the word just, that's easy to say, isn't it? Just put this down and create sets of tools and you know, we've got Alexa skills around the archetypes and Spotify playlists and all of these cool things now around these 12 archetypes. And my goal is to make that a really common part of language to say, I'm a futurist, that that symbol is on my LinkedIn profile, that that is, you know, when I hire a team or I'm looking at the team, what I want to have in my team for my company, what I want to have is a balance. I don't want to have all people like me. For goodness sake, we'd all combust if everyone in my company was like me. But I want to have a balance. I want to have some people who are good at this. I want strengths in this area, strengths. So I want to have all my archetypes in balance in my company. Has this particular facet that we're talking about now, the 12 archetypes and the things that are in um, Unlocking a Genius, is this kind of almost the the product of all those years that's that's, uh, the most appropriate implementation of all that stuff that you've learned? Because it sounds like it's kind of evolved over such a long period of time for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been... The hardest thing I've ever had to do was to distill down all of this knowledge and make it incredibly plain English and incredibly basic and incredibly simple. And when you challenge yourself to do that, 
it's actually really hard. And then people look at it and go, oh, that's easy. And you go, yep, because that's how I've made it. (laughs) And you look at, it's like high-performing teams, like look at the All Blacks in New Zealand. Like people look at them and go, that's easy. They're the best team in the world of any sport, right? That's what they aim to do. But that's not easy. But when people see that, they go, oh, that's easy. I could do that. Yeah, okay. But you're not doing it. So it, it is that really long process to get to a really simple answer in the end. Yeah, Uh, uh, absolutely. It's a beautiful story and you've woven it so well and it's lovely. Um, I feel so blessed actually to, um, to be here now, listen to this. Um, and um, I am a bookworm. That's um, I'm, so you, you will have one more sale, Kathy, because I'm definitely going to get that <laughs> get right away. Cause uh, um, it's amazing. Um, yeah. You know how many, I mean, the world of football is littered, Catherine. It's littered and people love it. The media loves it. And, and after dinner speakers love it. And when, people talk about their life in the game and it's littered with people falling out, not getting on with people, managers saying this, uh, you know, you can, every turn of the page is littered with stuff like that. And it's almost, uh, you know, nobody's got the panacea for everything, but you've almost got the panacea for, for every ill really. You could almost solve half the problems by, um, if people would understand um, the power of being able to to communicate and and I hold my hand up myself and say sometimes I walk away from meetings or or chats or conversations or and just go I just don't get it (laughs) you know just don't get that person and and the responsibility you I think the natural thing for all of us is to go well it's their fault well actually Mm -hmm. it's our responsibility to um to embrace why we don't get get them, you know, um, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's such a, it's such an everyday occurrence, you know, it's like I found myself a, a week or so ago and I was doing this massive Excel spreadsheet and it was so boring and it's like, oh, I was just going crazy with it and I had to do it for a client and it was not my thing at all. It was just like black and white numbers everywhere. And I used to teach Microsoft Excel, so I know it inside out, but it was just the most boring job. And one of my team members sent me a little Slack message and said, oh, how's that going? We need to present it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going, yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I just said, I just, you know, I have to have so many cups of coffee. It's just driving me insane. He said, why aren't you doing it your way? And I went, oh, so my way of learning is lots of colours, coding, um, music on in the background. Like that's my sweet spot of learning. That's where I my brain's functioning because I can see all my colours. I've got my music going, da, 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 da. So I thought, right, let's just change this up. So that's what I did. I put on, because my archetype is futurist, I put on my futurist Spotify playlist. I recolor coded the whole Excel spreadsheet. I got it into my way of doing things with my music going on in the background. I powered through it. And then just before I sent it to my team member to present to the client, I put it all back 
to really boring navy blue and black. And I went, done. And I thought, right. And, And I trapped myself in my own trap because when we're not operating in our optimum way, everything's a grind, everything's slow. And it's like for you in that meeting that you were talking about, you might have been to meetings where you go, I just don't get this. Well, it's about saying no matter how that information comes to you, do you have the tools to actually re-engineer that message into your way? Yeah, into your way. So it might be that instead of sitting in the meeting and listening to these people drone on, drone on, that you're taking notes and maybe they're quite, you know, you're drawing the connections on the page or whatever and you go, oh, all these sort of disparate thoughts now are coming together. I get that. And maybe then staying after the meeting for or going for a drink with other people saying, okay, this is what I got, what did you get? and then trying to put it together. You know, it's about doing those sorts of things. No matter how that information comes to you, you process it in your way. And that's where I think lots of people who are sitting on, you know, sports teams, they're sitting as students, they're sitting wherever, they think it's their fault that it's not, they're not getting it. Okay, so... With all this powerful stuff, let's get really practical. So you're here, here you are. Let, there's a coach out there who's listening to this podcast. And he might be at his first club. He might have just landed a decent job. He might be with a, 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 um, an amateur team. He might be with a grassroots team. But this is important to him. And he's got 20, could be male, could be female, depending on which which uh, sport you're in, real go-getting players, footballers, who mm-hmm. all they want to do is play football. They just want to be the best they can be. They want to get out there. They want to exercise. They, they want to score goals. They want to be heroes. They want to, you know, they, they just want to just, just be, be everything they can be. And he is responsible for gelling them together. Now, the majority of the time that a coach will spend with the, with players will be outside. L- let me rephrase that. Maybe not the majority, but a massive amount of the time that, that is in that interaction with the player will be outside on the grass, balls rolling. Um, and there's 22 agendas. There's 22 players playing. There's, there's different practices going on. There's cones everywhere. There's goalposts. There's an objective, but there's 22 guys, 22 ladies out there who have got their own thought processes, their own ways of learning. How do you bring that, if it's not an impossible question, to that arena on a Tuesday morning when it's blowy and cold and somebody's not, you know, not doing it as they should do? Yep. Okay. Step number one is for the coach to know their archetype, do the profile and know who you are. Because Yourself. once you know yeah, mm. who the coaches profile themselves. So once the coach knows his or her profile, then they know who they are, but who they're not. They know where their their biggest steps stepping stones are into other people's worlds. Yeah. The second most optimum step would be to have every team member 
do their profile and map that entire team onto the a team map to say where is everybody on my team? Who have I got and how do I talk to them? So that is the optimum step two. If yeah. that's not possible, yeah. the other step two that you can take is there is a way and we put this, I've put this with every archetype profile, there's a tool called the Inner Genius Wheel and it allows you to talk or communicate, write, coach, whatever, to all 12 archetypes in an order that makes sense. So as a coach, the first thing on the wheel that you would do is to connect and by doing that you're picking up, hooking in, if you think of hooks, you're hooking in three of the archetypes. And so the first thing you do is you talk about what we did last time. We talk about where what our goal is for this coaching session. We talk about why does that matter. We talk about how that will impact you when it comes to game day. So people are connected in to what we're doing. That's, that's the first thing. Then the next part of the coaching session is the detail. Now, the detail part will pick up another, hook in another three archetypes. Right. So the detail part is where you would say, okay, we're going to practice this particular drill. Here are all the steps of what we're going to do in detail, in order. And then from there, the next part of the coaching session is the process that I call construct, which is basically around practice. So now you've got all the detail, now go and put that into action. And you might go a little bit of detail, a little bit of construct, a little bit of detail, a little bit of construct, and kind of go between the two. You know, we're going to do step one, practice it, step two, practice it, step three, practice it. And then at the end... It's the fourth part of the coaching session, which I refer to as invent. With that invent part, then people can then say, what are the challenges? How would you change this up if this happened? What's all of the things that could happen to actually upset that flow that we've just learned and practised? What happens if your teammate is not in the right position? What are you going to do? So all of those variations, the tips, tricks, traps, changes, challenges, all sit in that last end bit. Right. If yeah. you follow that flow and you have picked up all 12 archetypes on that, in the, if you think of that as a wheel, that you've picked up all of those 12 archetypes on the way through. So even if the coach just knows what their archetype is and uses the inner genius wheel to plan out a coaching session, they can have that on their um, tablet, they can have it on a piece of paper, they've got it mapped out and they go, okay, this is going to be our session for today. Okay, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So what you can say there, Catherine, like let's say if if you've got 20 bodies and, and it worked out mathematically correct, you'd have five of one, five of the, 
five people who like the first bit, five people who like the detail, five people who like the construct bit, and five people who, who are more interested in it. I know it's I'm being very basic and broad brush here, but um, so that's how you'd get maximum impact by spreading it all around there. So at least you're hooking some people who might fall asleep in the construct bit, but actually they've got the detail. Yeah. yeah. How does how do you think that knowing yourself has the greatest impact when you're dealing with other people? How does that give, you know, why is that so important? It's, it's the most important thing because it stops you coaching how you learn. Okay. Because you're only one twelfth of the story. Yeah. So the idea for the coach, the trainer, the teacher, the facilitator, the presenter, the leader, the manager is to be able to communicate in such a way that it is for everybody. Yeah. And that is the greatest downfall when I look at people who are not successful, they've just got tunnel vision. It's like I communicate how I communicate and it doesn't matter how you communicate or if you understand it or not, I told you, so therefore you must be stupid if you don't get that. Well, sorry, you're communicating in your, going back to our Italian and French, you're communicating in your language and other people are left to translate it. Make it easier for people where you are speaking all their languages. It's Absolutely. just, it's, I see yeah. it as being so basic and yet it's just taken me 30 years to work it out, but it is just so obvious. Is it? <laughs> something that's just not just just popped into my mind but came into my mind a minute or two ago is um there's a and i recognize this and i recognize it in you as well when you talked about your mum saying oh you, you you mustn't be a teacher you've got to go and be an office worker yeah that's so that's us do, doing what we're not not natural to be i stood there at 18 years of age i can see the picture now and my dad said to me, what do you want to be, son? I said, I want to be a football coach. He said, there's no money in that. Go and be... <laughs> my mum said. Exactly. And that's, I nearly said it to the time. And he said, yeah. there's no money in that. Really? There's no money in it? Barry, they get paid more than anybody else on the planet. And if they get sacked, they get paid out, you know? So um, <laughs> um, he said, go and do something else. So... I did, but I kept going back to coaching and, um, you know, uh, so um, it's, but I've gone off the track a little bit, but it, the point is you're doing something that you, that's not you. So I was doing something that wasn't necessarily me, not quite true, but, but a lot of ways. Now, I believe, maybe this is, you know, I've always believed in if you find something that resonates with you, you know yourself. You know, one of my biggest things is above all else to thine own self be true. Know yourself, find out about yourself, know what you're good at, know what floats your boat, know what loves you, do what makes you happy. Yeah, um, and, and you're likely to have more success because if you've got to spend 25, 30 years doing something, you might as well like it. You know, you might as well get something out of it. Um, but I think there's a danger in that listening to you, Catherine, that you're so 
embedded in how you are, what you are, the way you speak, the way you do things that you could, yes, it's great and, and, and positive to say, this is me. This is what my personality is. This is what I like. This is what I love. This is my, these are my strengths, but it can be a barrier from listening to you to, to change and to learning. If you're not careful where you shut out all those people that you could mm. Be, mm. Be, invite into your story, really, if, if you were aware, is that, is that something that, Absolutely. That's absolutely true. And I think the other thing that I notice is that people who have been doing something for a really long time, that they may have been, for example, a football coach for 20 years, but in actual fact, they've been a football coach for one year and just repeated it 20 times. Which is 20 times. Yeah. 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 And so what, uh, where I think the success, the success seeker really is, is that the 20-year football coach is actually not one year repeated 20 times, but every time they're, they're building that depth in their coaching practice and then looking for new ways. And it's a bit like me having this one burning question, which was how do I get 100% of my participants, 100% of the learning objectives, 100% of the time. That's been <laughs> yeah. my quest my whole life. So, so whatever the question is that is challenging the football coach how are they creating a coaching practice to really say maybe their question is something like how do I get the peak performance out of every team member and out of the synergy of the team you know when those team members come together whatever the burning question is for that football coach and it's about saying I will do anything in order to strive to get closer to that goal, you know, because I just think it's really boring in life if you're the 20-year football coach but you've just done it the same way for 20 years, the same as school teachers. Just get out their old resources, rinse and repeat, off we go for the next year. That's no fun. Or business leaders, they've just led an organisation the way it's always been led. Well, where's the challenge in that? You know, uh, so I think that's what I see is the really those people that I call the success seekers are those ones that are looking to build depth into their practice the whole, like every day, how can I just get that sharper and not to just leave people behind, which I'm sure happens when you're a football coach and you're fed up with somebody and you go, oh, for goodness sake, you know, it's easy to leave people behind. It certainly is in the world of corporate training. You go, oh, that person, they're disengaged. They it happens show up all the time. It. Happens yeah. all the time, Kathleen, because there's no time. You know, you're on there. You've got matches on a Saturday and a Wednesday and a Saturday, three-game yeah. week. The pressure, you lose three matches in a row if you're getting paid to be a manager at, at a pro club. You're, you're looking at being out. So within a yeah. week, your life can change. So if yeah. somebody is being, in, un, in your opinion, uncommunicative or you can't get through to them or they're not doing what you want them to do on the training ground, you know, there's, a, like you, there's almost not the time to sit down and worry about how, you know, there is, but the priority is I've got a media interview to do. Um, I've got to go and watch another game tonight. I've got to settle the sessions for tomorrow. So to actually take the time out to analyze uh, how to improve your communication with this particular individual that could turn your fortunes around, it doesn't happen. Otherwise, if it did happen, 
I'm sure there'd be a lot, a lot more managers in the job a lot longer. Mm, mm. And I, I think that for for any any coach, you know, it's it's so much harder individually to get people to reach their potential, um, but it's in, almost impossible to get them to reach their potential if that individual is learning against their learning preferences. Like it's like it's like being in a boat, you know, rowing up against the current. It's really, really hard. So if you can get people going with their learning preference, and that takes relanguaging as a coach. Is it easy? No, of course it's not. But I've created as many tools as I can to help and say, here's the structure that you can use. Try this. There's nothing wrong with trying, you know, like it might just work. So it's it's this whole world of humans engaging is not particularly easy. <laughs> and both of our careers have been built on it. So not not easy career choices. Maybe our parents, your dad and my mum were right. <laughs> well, yeah. Um you I don't think you can help what 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 flame burns inside you, Catherine. I you? There's completely no, agree. Completely agree. You know, I've got friends now who look at me with disdain and go, are you still doing that? Are you still chasing yeah. all that? You know, yeah. and it's cold nights out and 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 all the rest of it. And it won't go away, Catherine. And, and it's those are the innate things that um that drive us up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um okay, okay, look, I'm really conscious of your time. I have had so much value out of this. It's just absolutely brilliant. Last thing, if I can kind of ask it, let's just take the focus off coaches and managers and bring it to players for a minute. So if you're a player, and a young player particularly, because you know, you deal with these players who are teenagers and have got big futures ahead of them if things go right and, and but you know, the wheels can fall off at, at, at any given moment. And how can this impact them? Because they're not in the business of communicating with with, with a team. They, they're not responsible. They're only really responsible for themselves. So mm-hmm. is it just a question of this being a really valuable thing for them to understand? If they don't get a coach, they don't understand what a coach is saying, that they, they can alter their learning a little bit or their view of what the coach is saying to help them is am I, am yeah. I making it clear absolutely so if they're getting instructions from their coach and they you know they're just glazed over going I have no idea what's going on here or I'm not getting it or the coach keeps saying that I'm doing it all the time all the yeah. time Catherine or the and the players just saying you know I just don't get this and it doesn't matter how often they do it they're just not linking in with it it's because, again, they are not learning in their Everybody has a learning preference, everyone, and it's about knowing yeah. where that expert sweet spot is. If you know your sweet spot, then if the coach is completely clueless to all of this and is just barking out instructions, you can say, okay, that doesn't make sense to me, but hang on a second. I'm a catalyst. I'm a mason. I know how to do this. 
So you put it into your world and you go, okay, this is how I operate and I can take this and work it through my way. So regardless of how that's coming to you, everyone has their own sweet spot. Okay. And that's that's a real clue. So for so, an individual, that's really important. So what, what you're saying is, Catherine, it's possible that in no matter what form the information comes in, you you're actually saying we have the ability as human beings to to tweak that information and adjust it so that it means something to us. Mm -hmm. That's what you're saying, isn't isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the coach, for example, might say, you know, you might be a player that says, well, um, I'm a player who likes to stand back and observe other people and be really careful with what I'm doing. So I'm not the player that is jumping in and being the centre of attention. I want to stand back. And so what the coach should do, what the coach should do is realise that where when you have a first try at it, that you're not going to be perfect. But let's say the coach doesn't get that. The coach is saying, jump in, jump in. What you can do is then say to the coach, okay, I'm going to give this a try, but I'm not aiming for perfection here. And can you coach me through it? I'm not going to be perfect. And can you coach me through it? It's about working out how you like to operate and then setting yourself up for success, saying that I'm going to, okay, I have to jump in, but I'm not going to be perfect. The other players might be perfect, but I'm not going to be able to. But then each time you do it, you observe other people and you go, okay, I know I need to observe. Ah, there's that player over there. Exactly what is that? Where were their feet? Where was their body? Where was their legs? Where were their arms? Right. Okay. I'm going to try that. So you know how you learn best and then you put that into action. Brilliant. Yeah. Catherine, it's so powerful. It's, um, it, it, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, Thank you so much for this, um, and um, it, it, it's absolutely fantastic. Wow. Um, if people want to find out more about your work and, and, and you know, um, the, the things that you do and get in touch with you, what's the best way they, they can do that, Catherine? So you can just reach out to me on LinkedIn. My profile's there, and just send me yeah. a direct message straight through there. You can also go to um, innergeniusnow.com. That's the website. That's where you'll find yeah. the profile, links to the book and the whole thing. And then um, and, and just reach out. If you want to just talk to me and I'll talk you through it, work out the best way of implementing it for you. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to help. That's my whole mission in life. I think I'm in the Mother Teresa phase of my life where I just want to help people. <laughs> Well, you've certainly helped me and um, I haven't made it easy for you trying to get older. So um, I can vouch for that. But um, Catherine, it's been a wonderful hour. Well, I mean, it's flown by and um, I've had so much value out of it. And I know the people who listen to this, if they've got any interest in, in moving on in coaching and, and leadership, you cannot fail to um, have opened up a little goal mine here. So thank you so much. Um, I'm truly appreciative of your time. You're welcome. Thanks, Rob. So that's the absolutely amazing interview with Catherine Matiske. And there are so many things that we could talk about just to summarize that. 
I think one of the things that absolutely amazes me is that, you know, from a personal point of view, I've got such an interest in this field in learning and, and how to connect with people and developing teams. And yet the principle of we don't know what we don't know in brought out by the fact that I didn't even know this lady existed until a few months ago. And she is an absolute legend, expert, dyed in the wool person who knows her stuff inside out, probably better than most. And she's proven that with her career. She is a true giver. And I think there's a book out, something about called something like the second mountain. And, you know, Catherine's using such words as she's in the Mother Teresa phase of her life. And she's a true giver. She's given me the time. She's helped us to get together. Um, she sent me a copy of a book, which um, is amazing. And, you know, giving, giving, giving. So don't forget about giving because that's a principle that shines through from, from Catherine. But here she's teaching us as a coach, if you're a coach or you're a manager, a leader, a business guy, lady in your family, how to learn at speed. Imagine if you could learn five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times as quickly. She's teaching us how to communicate better and in her own words, smash down barriers. So you're a coach standing there in front of your group of athletes, players. And every single one of those has got a slightly different bias or bent on how they learn. Imagine you having the ability to send 12 different messages out to a group of 20 people so that they all understand it in their own way, yet none of them get bored and fall off. Imagine being able to do that. I'm sure that's a skill that is absolutely priceless. And that is one thing that this lady is able to teach us. So, you know, do yourselves a favor and dive into her work, order a book, get online, have a look at what she's got online. It's amazing. The other thing that quickly shines through, just to wrap it up, is knowing yourself. Because he, she, here's this natural teacher that was born into the world that her own parents tried to guide her in their own good good thinking good feeling way down a track but they couldn't veer her off because she was a natural born teacher and she's telling us all through her story know yourself how many times on leader manager coach do we come back to this principle of know yourself above all else to thine own self be true because if you can get to that early know yourself and know not know what you're not good at as well it helps you enormously in life to choose your path, choose your people, choose your comrades and find out what will work for you. Get everything on side so life's not a grind unnecessarily. And last but not least, you know, here's somebody who's done thousands and thousands and thousands of hours over years and years and years and is now able to bring it all together and is sharing it. She's giving her life's work away almost. And that's what it takes. And that's what success is really, isn't it? So the lessons abound. Catherine Matiske, thank you so much. Fill your boots. And I hope you enjoyed it. Catch you later.
Bye-bye.